Well, Amanda, I have some blue raspberry vodka, vodka mixed with some fruit punch and water. Oh, that sounds way less complicated than last week's. It's way less complicated. It's water on alcohol instead of alcohol on alcohol on alcohol. <laughs> what are you drinking today, Amanda? I'm drinking watermelon vodka with watermelon crush soda. Oh, that sounds watermelon in me. Watermelon and Melanie. <laughs> somewhere between a dollar answer and a dum-dum. There you go. That sounds delicious. Well, welcome to our second episode of Veterans Drinking Vodka. <laughs> we believe that every veteran has a story to tell and we are here to tell it. We have found that being a service member is easy, but being a veteran can be hard. In this episode, we are talking to fellow veteran Christopher Stout. He served in the United States Navy as an electronic technician. Yeah, served from 2001 to 2012, so he was in for quite a few years. How are you doing today, Chris? I'm doing great. It's been a long day, but I'm doing all right. I'm, I'm glad that you're doing all right. What are you, what are you drinking today? Well, I, I'm not a vodka fan, but I have uh, just a, a little bit of splash of rum uh, rated for my boss's liquor cabinet over here, you know, and some Diet Coke. That sounds like a very veteran thing to do. Mm. Super, super veteran um, thing to do. He, he's a veteran <laughs> himself. So, you know, it's, uh, I, I don't think he'll mind. <laughs> Perfect. All right. So tell us how your journey started. Where are you from? Wow. Uh, Reno, Nevada. Uh, well, Okay. So I grew up in Reno, Nevada. Um, when I was born, my parents were actually living in St. Thomas in the Virgin Islands. So I, I you lived were born there. In the Virgin Islands? No, I was. <laughs> I was born. In he Iowa. was conceived in the Virgin Islands. <laughs> I was. I was. Well, no, actually, St. Paul, Minnesota, I believe. But anyway, uh, uh, my my parents were newspaper publishers, and they got transferred down to publish the newspaper in St. Thomas. And uh, I came along when my mom was pregnant. Uh, the doctor said, if you can afford it, go back to the States. So she went back home, uh, had me where she was born in Davenport County, whatever hospital. Uh, about 20 days later, we went back to St. Thomas and a little over or just under a year, we moved to Reno and was there until I joined the Navy when I was 20. Why did you join the Navy and why did you decide to be an electronic technician? Funny story. See story number one. Uh, I was dating a gal um, after or at, towards the end of high school, kind of like that first girlfriend, you know, like first everything type uh, girl. And uh, she had gone and joined the army and came back after AIT and all that kind of stuff. And she pulled one of those. I'm so glad I went off and I started to do something with my life type comments. And everyone else back here is just spinning their wheels. Oh, but but not 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 you, not you. You know, I had four jobs. I was uh, working hard, not playing at all. I was just working hard. My parents uh, no longer newspapers, but they owned a small uh, family business, and I was working there. And then I was going up to the lake. You know, working up there at the marina. I worked on a cruise boat. Worked for a seaplane operation. Worked for a uh, boat dealership. All part time stuff. I just worked all the time. That was kind of kind of me. I guess I'm a Capricorn. I'm glutton for punishment or something like that. Go Cap! Uh, 
Hey, can yeah, we drink to the Capricorn? Yeah, there we drink go. Drink to the Capricorn. There we go. But I've always been a geek and a nerd. Um, you know, my dad has a degree in computer science. He's actually got four degrees. That's one of them. Built our own computers and all that kind of stuff since I was a kid. And I, I remember going to the recruiter's office, you know, after my dad finally came to me and said, you know, I tried a little stint in, in college and yeah, that wasn't my thing. I mean, I, I was a, you know, I think somebody said last week, D average was, uh, you know, grad a diploma. Uh, I, I did a C, but you know, it was, it was a diploma and, um, I think I took algebra one three years in a row. But, um, I saw this meme today and it said, what's a book that made you cry? And the answer was algebra one. Cheers to algebra one. Cheers to algebra one. Algebra one after three classes and a really expensive tutor. Right, right. Exactly. Kind of the same story. But anyway, I'd spent so much time at Lake Tahoe. I actually wanted to be in the Coast Guard and because they have a Coast Guard station up there. And uh, I should have taken a Hint, when, when I tried to get hold of the Coast Guard recruiter, he was never in the office. He was always at the golf course that I should have continued to have pursued that <laughs> path. But a buddy of mine had joined the Navy and I went into the recruiter's office and said, hey, sign me up. I had a little bit of trouble uh, when I was 16. So they, they found that on my record, even though it was supposed to have been expunged or whatever they call it. And they said, oh, you can be this. So I originally signed up as a, an AT, an aviation's electronics technician. And uh, I went home to my dad and told my dad, and he's like, O level or I level? So organizational or intermediate flight deck or in the shop? And I said, I don't know. Well, I don't know. My dad was a, a Vietnam fighter pilot. He had seen his uh, fair share of mishaps aboard the flight deck. And he's like, anything you can do to get off the flight deck, do it. So I was in the recruiter's office and they asked for something stupid. I ended up rewiring their whole telephone system. Like, you ever thought about being an electronics technician? I'm like, so get me off the flight deck? Yeah. Okay. Sure. Sign me up. I'm here. <laughs> Sign me up. So, yeah, went to went to Great Lakes a little bit before uh, Miss Amanda there. It was January of 2001 when I went in. That I, was not, not too long before me. No, not too long before you. It, it was, was way before me. Yeah, <laughs> baby. Uh, yeah, right. Um, I'm the baby. I'm the old guy here. It was cold. There was a lot of snow, all that kind of stuff. Finally graduated boot camp. I had pneumonia the whole time because I volunteered for a pneumonia vaccine study and uh, went to, um, you know, our first school, which was like theory. We called it tech core. Um, it was like AC, DC theory, how circuits really work, how electricity works, blah, 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 blah. And I ended up getting set back because I was that just that, that fantastic, awesome, totally stellar student and from high school. So, you know, habits kind of carried over. But in my defense, I literally had one thing switched and I scored exactly the same on a test both times because I had it reversed. And had I flipped it around the other way, I might have actually aced the stupid test. I don't know. Got set back a full month and I wasn't still an electronics technician at that point. You had to choose and it was based on your score after you graduated tech core. And everybody, all the, all the kids, you know, like, oh, I want to be a fire controlman. They want to be an FC because they wanted to go blow stuff up. You know, they wanted to shoot things. Bless their heart. Yeah, right. <coughs> Excuse me. Then there was ET comms, which is our radio guys, and there's ET radar. ET radar was the hardest. And at this point, I was like, I want ET radar. And it came down to FCs. They're either were shore duty, Dahlgren, Great Lakes, or San Diego for shore duty. So I was like, I want to be an ET, and I want to do radar because nobody else wants to do it. Lo and behold, my score was so low, I got radar. So uh, <laughs> worked out. Cheers to the underachievers. Yep. Hey, there we go. <laughs> Cheers to that. Now, the funny thing, and I'll shut up soon, I graduated top of my class with an 88. We in, 80, the, in 1988? No, no. 
No, it wasn't 88%. Oh, okay. No, not 1988. Yeah. <laughs> he joined in 2001. <laughs> okay. I time-traveled traveled backwards. At, uh, hey, you know, when Bessie's drinking vodka, Tom Tom frames is overlap. <laughs> right, right. That is true. We started, yeah, we started a class 27, graduated six, and I graduated top of my class with an 88%. That's very impressive. That's Yeah, it's called I Made It, barely. <laughs> I don't know. All right. So every good sailor has a great sea story. What is one of your favorite sea stories to tell? I'm excited about the sea story. So first deployment. Yeah. So it was my first Westpac. I um, I actually had two back-to-back Westpac deployments. We we came back to Hawaii. We stopped in Hawaii. The rest of the strike group went home. We stayed there. Another strike group came back out to meet us. And we turned around. We went back on Westpac number two. That was 332 days away from home port. I remember uh, my wife, my then girlfriend, now wife, and I had, just had met a few months prior. And on the first Westpac, we pulled into Fremantle, Australia. Now, I don't know if you remember, I said I grew up in Reno and I worked up at Lake Tahoe during the summer. I was a, I was a big sailing guy. I love racing sailboats when I was a kid. And Fremantle was where the uh, 1987 America's Cup was held. And that's the, the big sporting thing for sailing it's it's actually the oldest sporting trophy in the history of the world i geeked out and i was having a blast and everyone else was like f that i'm gonna go to perth and go drinking and all that kind of stuff and i was like i'm gonna go geek out because i'm again a nerd i'm a geek i'm gonna go do that and so i started drinking early in the day and um at some point i don't think we we actually didn't have to have liberty buddies or it was like you know how when they say you have to have a liberty buddy it was there's you have to have a Liberty buddy where you'd both go to the same place, the same time, do the same thing. And there's Liberty buddy, like just make sure you get back to the boat with the same person you left with type of the Leave the boat, return to the and, boat. Yeah. That kind of thing. I was so wasted by the time my friends got to me and uh, we started drinking even more. We were drinking Cougar and Cola, which is that uh, whiskey and, and Coke in a, in a can. That stuff is a- you were drinking what? Cougar and Cola. And Coke in a can. Yeah, the whiskey and coke in the can. The same one I was drinking in Australia. It's good. I need to go to Australia. (laughs) You do. You do. (laughs) I remember at some point we had stumbled out of the bar. We had found a payphone, and I decided it was a great idea to call my then girlfriend. You know, she answered the phone, and I was, and I was like, "Hey, babe. (laughs) Hey, talk to my friend. I gotta go pee." (laughs) <laughs> and I literally handed the phone off to, I don't know who I was with, went to the bathroom. I came back like 25 minutes later. You know, I, I pick up the phone. She's like, who the hell was I just talking to? And I, I don't know who it was. And I was like, well, what'd you guys talk about? He's like, he was trying to get me to dump you, you know, all that kind of stuff. And, and um, I said, well, I love you. I'm going to marry you. And I just, you know, the whole bit. And hey, what time is it there? It's like three o'clock in the morning. Okay, here, talk to my buddy. I go to the bathroom. And <laughs> it off to somebody else. She ended up talking to like five or six different people that night. How and, expensive um, was that phone call from Australia? It was, it was like a couple hundred bucks. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I, I, after that, I do not know how I made it back on the ship. Uh, I remember getting off of the ferry boat, uh, off the Liberty boat, walking up the, the gangway and I'm just, I really just don't know how I made it to my rack. I have no clue. So I had um, a good Liberty buddy. It, <laughs> I had a really good Liberty buddy. So it wasn't like super exciting. You know, I didn't, uh, you know, uh, have to uh, run to the bathroom and uh, throw up in my hand like somebody else I know. But uh, 
it was uh you gotta love when veterans come together and start telling stories it always gets exciting so yeah my stories are more fun before i joined the navy but they're not that much more fun right, they're way more fun good, clean cut kid. <laughs> sure. yeah, pretty fun afterwards chris we appreciate you telling us your story of while you were in the military do you have anything to say about being out of the military and what it was like transitioning from veteran to civilian. Yeah. So at my last command, which was a uh, Naval Amphibious Base Coronado down in Expeditionary Warfare Training Group Pacific, um, I actually was the assistant command career counselor. And I got to get a lot of insight as to those that were transitioning out and those who were trans, you know, staying Navy and all that kind of stuff. And the funny thing was, is I was getting out. I, I was kind of like Amanda, I had that whole perform to serve thing go on and they cross-rated me to another rate. So uh, it was funny because I was getting out and I, I was pretty much set on getting out anyway. I was an E6, um, had my warfare qualifications. I'd kind of been there, done that. I'd been to uh, first duty station was shore duty at Naval Air Station would be Island, which was actually where uh, Amanda and I met. And then I went to that USNS, which just after that, it wasn't all hotel-like everyone thinks it is, but um, it was definitely not typical shipboard birthing. After that, I went to Salt Craft Unit 5, which you see that that thing that's blowing a whole bunch of water up uh, next to the ship there? That's hovercraft. That's all the stuff that we did for the next three years of my life. That was out of Camp Pendleton, and then I spent the last three years being an instructor down in Coronado for him. And that afforded me a lot of time to you know dig into like what's going to happen next. What's my next career move? What's going to do it? And I found that like everybody that had like my career path and my rating, they were they made E6 very quickly and they stayed in E6 until like that 19 and a half year mark. And that's when they pick up E7. And, you know, for those that are in the Navy or like the other services, that's that, like that staff NCO status where you really become, you know, top, top leadership. Right. And I just didn't want to sit around and, and be stuck at that pay grade for a while. And plus they cross-rated me to something else. So I got to go to TAP class. I know that not everyone gets to do that. Uh, I didn't really find TAP at the time, right? I heard you say that last week. Yeah. Yeah. That, in some respects, some TAP classes are really, really good. Uh, they, they go over a lot of things. They, they hook, they connect you with people that you need to be connected with. Other TAP classes are kind of run by people that are filling a billet because they need to fill a billet. And they're kind of there. If you catch my drift. And that was kind of how it was at North Island. I'm which catching is what you're throwing. Yeah. So I was really disappointed. I did it a year out. You know, they say take it a year out, then take it again within your three to four month window. And I was just, I was upset. I was really upset. So I started doing the research on what it took. I started talking to the folks that were getting out. Um, you know, along, the, along my career path, I made um, you know, friends with people, senior people, you know, I asked them, kept in touch with them. You know, hey, what did you do to get out? What what went wrong? What went right? You know, what what uh, what should I know? What should I not know? And then it also helped me since I was the career counselor. As I was counseling people, like, hey, you have the choice of getting in or or staying in or getting out. And I got to tell you, if you're getting out, these are the things that you need to know. So a lot of it is sometimes not necessarily what you know, but who you know, right? And so, hey, can um, we cheers to the, can we cheers to yeah. What you know, but who you know? Yeah, you know, right? So I had had luckily stayed in contact with one of my friends from my last duty station. 
And he went to work for a company that uh, was based out of Pennsylvania, but they, he was a former electronics technician. And I asked him, you know, Hey, what's, what's the job market look like? He's like, dude, I'm hurting for people. I'm like, Oh, Really? And I ended up calling, I ended up hooking up with a job recruiter, you know, uh, a headhunter, like I think it was Bradley Morris or Orion or International, one of those companies. And I said, Hey, I heard my, I heard uh, this company has openings. And they're like, Oh, yeah, if you want to live in Pennsylvania or San Francisco or Florida, which, you know, to some people that sounds awesome, but like I'm a West Coast sailor, I kind of want to stay on the West Coast, right? West Coast Coast. Let's drink to that. Let's right, drink to right. that one. Let's drink to that for real. Cheers. And uh, I think, like you said, Amber, last week, I it, I never was there, so I can't really compare it to anything. But I just didn't want to move. And, you know, my my wife now at this point was pretty set in. Our, our kids were all kind of set in school, and she just didn't want to change things. So all right, we'll stay home. But anyway, I ended up uh, transitioning out. Uh, I wrote a resume. Uh, I had my, I had uh, friends that had written resumes. My, my prior chief who had been out, I had him proofread my resume. You know, I got around people in the industry that I wanted to go into. I had them look at my resume, um, you know, asking, what do I need to know? You know, who do I need to talk to? What do I need to know? And I ended up uh, calling the, the headhunters and I said, Hey, this company has openings in Los Angeles area, Southern California. And they said, no, they don't. I play poker with the hiring manager every Friday. No, they don't. No, they don't. And I called my buddy back up and says, hey, they say you don't have any open. He's like, dude, it's me and one other guy. And I have, an op- I have six open spots. They're lying to you. So I ended up just submitting my resume directly to the company. I had an interview in two days. They flew me back. I had an interview a week later. And then two days later, I had a job offer. That's um, amazing. It it was, it was, it was, it was, it was a tough interview process. It was kind of like going through a murder board for uh, my warfare qualifications all over again, at some respects, you know, it, again, I just, I tried to hook up with the people who had been there, done that, had fruit on the tree and um, tried to learn from them what to do, what not to do. And then as I was counseling the folks that were staying in or getting out, I was just researching and researching and researching and trying to learn as much as I possibly could. So I could give them counsel not to go one way or the other, but to inform them so they can make an informed decision. And which is super important. Right. But and a lot of people don't get the opportunity or they don't, they don't know where to start to do that kind of stuff. Exactly. And, uh, you know, I'll proudly say that the day before I, you know, stepped out on terminal leave, I reenlisted two sailors. I've got them both huge reenlistment bonuses. And I was super proud of them, very happy for them. And I'm glad they stayed Navy. And I, you know, I, I had no qualms or quandaries about doing that. I was not bitter. I was not like, you know, I'm getting out F you, you know, I, I just, it's sailors taking care of sailors, veterans taking care of veterans. You, you do what you need to do to, to, to inform you. And that kind of goes back to my sea story. I don't know how I made it back to my rack, but my Liberty, Liberty buddy got me there. Cause your and, support system in the service is, is second to none. It's amazing. Right. That's why so, it took, you know, getting out for me to get in trouble because when I was in the service, like everyone has your back. Right. Definitely. There are a lot, uh, especially for us electronics types or uh, combat systems types from the Navy. There are forums on Facebook. There's uh, the combat systems jobs and uh, careers forum. Uh, a guy, by the, a gentleman by the name of Rob is a retired senior chief. He started it about 10 years ago. Like where are People in my, you know, genre of uh, MOSs or NECs, where do they go to find a job? And he's got this job board up, and there's several hundred thousand members now 
uh, a lot of uh, headhunters, recruiters, lots of hiring managers, um, you know, people that have spots, you know, people that can give you advice. Excuse me, when I clear my throat, you should drink that. Well, let's drink to that then. For the headhunters. How are you doing now, Chris? I think okay. <laughs> um, no, I, I, I um, got out. I got a, a comparable paying job, you know, when I first got out. The, I spent a lot of time traveling uh, around Southern California, uh, the lower south, uh, southwestern United States. Spent a lot of time in Hawaii. Got to do uh, uh, work uh, with a very high-end uh, client. I signed an NDA. I can't tell you who it was, but uh, it was really awesome. And a lot of people don't get the the opportunity to do that, and it was an absolute blessing. After that, though, I, I found that I was um, not getting enough time at home with my wife. You know, she felt like she was a deployment wife all the time. Um, you know, with three kids at home, um, you know, uh, out of twins, one is on the autism spectrum. Uh, she just felt like, you know, she needed more help around the house. So I ended up uh, applying for a contractor's job back at uh, Assault Craft Unit 5. And, um, you know, the contractor's like, oh, yeah, we're getting this contract, you know, blah, blah, blah. It was actually a pretty good pay cut at that point. But I knew what my schedule was going to be. I could I could schedule my life. You know, I knew when I could be home. Whereas before, I just got a work order for you know Barstow one day, Los Angeles the next day, Hawaii the week after that, Chicago the day after that. You know, just it didn't matter. Seattle, just wherever. Uh, I decided to take a big leap of faith and um, tender my resignation. And the company where I work for now, which is a a rep for the the manufacturing company I worked for, found out. And they called me up and said, hey, what are you doing? Where are you going? And I said, oh, I just need to take care of my family, you know? And um, they said, you got to stay in this industry. You got to stay. And I was like, well, I just can't do it. And they're like, well, what if we offer you a job? And I said, okay, let's talk. And they ended up coming back with a, a really nice offer. In fact, I was kind of like, wow, uh, I was severely underpaid for many years. Uh, uh, <laughs> but um uh, again, I, it was establishing relationships and, um, you know, the talking with the principals, we have two principals here and it's actually an employee owned company. So I'm an employee owner now. <laughs> um, I have, he said, no, yeah, I haven't <laughs> been here. I haven't been here long enough to actually have any stock, but anyway, uh, <laughs> um, it was really just about developing the relationships and again, not burning bridges and just again, being around people at fruit in the tree and just being open and receptive. And when an opportunity um, presented itself, it was not, you know, being, it was being willing to look at it, to, to put the foot through the door, at least peek through the door to see what was in and not just shutting the door. So one of the, the biggest things I would say is, you know, a lot of times uh, we get dead set in our ways and there are things that we want to do in the way we want to do it. We want to do it our way. If your way was so successful, maybe you wouldn't be where you are now right? You know, maybe it would be better off. So keep an open mind. Don't, I'm not saying that you need to go diving down and walking through every door that opens up for you. But again, make yourself educated, get educated on the opportunity, make yourself an informed decision about the opportunity and, you know, weigh it out, the pros and cons and, you know, take a leap of faith when you see fit. That is great advice. Because oh, one, you never know what path you're going to end up walking down. Right. And the one, the one thing I would say is, you know, we can offer you a lot of help, but you got to want to be helped, right? You got to want to make the change. Let's, let's drink to that. Hey, here, here. Cheers. Cheers. But yeah, any, any veteran, anybody that, that comes to me and wants to know, Hey, how to do it. I'd be more than happy to. In fact, I, I lead a, a boy scout troop here at home. 
And, uh, you know, we have a, a, a really good troop and it's because the boys that are in this troop, they want to succeed. They want to become Eagle Scouts. They want to earn, they want to, to achieve. They don't want to just be handed something. They don't want to participation trophy. And that's life. You know, life is not participation trophy. It is making your own way and living and your best once, life. Like a once you says. become an adult, those people are savage. <laughs> Right, right. They don't, they don't so them. again, people will help you. There are a lot of people out there that will extend a hand for you, but you've got to be willing to be helped. And that's all within you. Absolutely. So if people wanted to reach you, what is the best way for them to, to find you? Uh, I'm on Facebook. Uh, I do have a pretty locked down profile though. I, my my uh, nickname is um, Sailing Twidget. So um, I like sailing, and we refer to electronics technicians as Twidgets. So I just combined the two. I know I'm a geek, right? That's okay. So we all have a little bit. But Twitter. I'm just going to drink on my own to that yeah. one. <laughs> yeah. Twitter and Facebook. But hey, um, LinkedIn. You can find me on LinkedIn. Look up Christopher Stout. I work at Western Lighting and Energy Controls in Southern California. That's probably the best space, especially if you're looking for professional help. That is actually one of the absolute best places to start. All right. So if you guys have questions for Chris or if you need help with anything, find him on LinkedIn under Christopher Stout and uh, and he will answer any questions or help you with whatever you need if you if you need it. While we're wrapping up, Amanda, I also want to talk about 22 a day. Talk and a little the, bit about the, the charity that we've chosen to... Go support in our journey. Okay. So our most important thing through all of this is the Till Valhalla project and the 22 a day because 22 veterans kill themselves every day, every day. And 22 a day is 22 too many. One of our big things. And that's why we're here. Um, Amanda and myself are here for you. And so it's Christopher and any other guests that will come that will come on here. We are always available for you to reach out to. So 20, 22 a day in the Tilvahala project is our charity, is what donations go to, to bring awareness to the fact that 22 veterans kill themselves every day and mental health awareness as well. Yes, ma'am. So if, if you need to find us, we can be found on Facebook Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. And all of those, we are at Veterans Drinking Vodka. Uh, Twitter, you can search us either Veterans Drinking Vodka or at Veterans Vodka. If you like our podcast, we are asking that you subscribe and leave us a review. Let us know how we're doing. If you liked us, if you didn't like us, if you thought we were cool, if you thought we were dorky, whatever the case might be. Um, hey, we're know. dorky, though. So We are okay. dorky, and we're a little crazy, so you won't hurt our feelings. But let us okay. know. And leave us a review. Chris is agreeing. We are we are a little bit um, on the on the dorky side. <laughs> hey, he saw us before we started recording. He's like, "Yeah, y'all are." Yes. And, uh, and well, I've known Amanda since two thousand three. So yes, I know. Yeah, you know, <laughs> go way back. But uh, you can subscribe to us on either Podbean, Spotify, or TuneIn. We're currently working to get on some other platforms, but that's where, where we're at right now. So just, just search Veterans Drink of Vodka and give us a listen, leave us a review, and let us know what what you think about what we're doing here. Ladies, if I may, this is yes. just an excellent thing that you two are doing. You know, Bravo Zulu to both of you for doing this. I've seen way too many of my shipmates uh, 
be part of that 22. And absolutely, uh, I think we I, all have. We just, uh, I just had a shipmate go this week, and um, mm-hmm. you're doing a wonderful thing. More power to you, Bravo Zulu. It's a real thing. It is a real thing. I mean, we hope that by talking about it, we can we can slow it down a little bit. We are here for you, and you are never alone. Never. Veterans drinking vodka. Veterans drinking vodka. Cheers to that. Thank you sure. for, thank you, Chris, for coming on the show. Thanks for having me.